2: This week in PlayStation, we're talking about our review of the PlayStation Pulse Elite headset, Snowbike Mike interviewing the MLB, the Show 24 developer, and if we were wrong about PlayStation Live service games after the insane success of Helldivers 2. We'll have all this and more because this is PSI Love You XOXO. XOXO. Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, your weekly PlayStation conversation. That's blessing. I'm Greg. And if you love what we do, please get that kind of funny membership on YouTube or Patreon. Of course, you get each and every episode of PSI Love You XOXO ad free, just like all of our other podcasts. You get the ability to watch us record it live, just like all our other podcasts. <coughs> Just like my dog Nick ninety six, Casper J eighty seven, and Anthony Corbett are all watching live right now through Patreon and of course YouTube. And of course, you get my daily Greg Wave vlog each and every day. Isn't that great? That's what members get. I love it.
3: Yeah, cool. I got to do it a couple of times. Yeah, you do done I well. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Have you listened to them? Yes, of course. Okay. I feel like I, I can't leave you guys it's, unguarded. It's it's tough because like I, I don't know how you do it. Well, I guess I do know how you do it because you're Greg Miller and you talk sure. all the time. Yeah. But like being I guess out of practice for doing that kind of vlog where I'm talking to a camera for ten minutes. Yeah. I don't know what to talk about. You I'm talked not, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm like with, yeah. how do I talk for 10 minutes? I've been
2: using them as journals, like diaries. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I, I wish I had the time to journal, but I feel like I don't with, you know, life in terms of being going to work, life in terms of Ben and Jen, mm. and then just wanting to be gaming all the time, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like those three things eat up the entire day, so I don't want to then go home and make the time, but I kind of do, but I
3: don't. Yeah. I'm getting closer. Huh? You got to pick and choose. Yeah. Like yeah, the yeah. things that you're like, okay, the thing, these are the things I want to do versus the things that I should. Something do. I've been noodling mm-hmm. is getting that, I, I took my
2: iPad only to Dice. So I use that as my computer again and then also my reading tablet and everything else. I was noodling with maybe getting the Apple Pencil and then doing every day one page that's either doodles or a, a thought or whatever, like, because I feel like I could commit to that better than buying a physical journal like that for some reason doesn't speak to me yeah but the idea of just like once every day i do something on a page like a
3: yeah. is that what value does that bring to you is that nothing thing of, I, you know, don't know. I don't know i
2: don't i don't know what it would bring to me or yeah. whatever but the gregway vlogs actually i feel like they get serious a lot like you know what i mean mm-hmm. like sometimes there's bullshit but like lots of time, like you know yesterday was a whole conversation about ben's childhood but through the eyes of my childhood and it's crazy to you know and all these different things i don't know mm-hmm. like i'm having those conversations like mm-hmm. gregway is therapy for the most part <laughs> you yeah.
3: so be, almost feel be like if i put if i put a pen to a page yeah. every single day it could be like a form of therapy yeah yeah, yeah. i feel that yeah like there's uh, I've, I've seen like recommendations of uh coloring helps with the mental health yeah, yeah, yeah to, like yeah, yeah. you know going through a depressive episode or like if you just need something to do right i think sure. like they say that yeah I get it buying a coloring book or i know plenty of people that you know do coloring as like yeah. a Therapeutic thing. But then
2: I sit there and I think about it like, okay, cool. I'm gonna, Jen's going to go to bed I'm going to sit there and write a page when I could be out saving Super Earth. Not a fucking chance. Exactly. Not That's
3: my thing. That's where I come into pick and, pick and choosing where yeah. I'm like, there are certainly many things where I'm like, if I could do this every day then that, could, that would be great. But yeah. also... For a lot of those things, it's like, well, I need a 30-hour day, yeah, right? Exactly, like, I'm like, exactly. I can't. There's some days or some weeks where I'm not going to get to go grocery shopping or sometimes where I'm not going to get to Something's got to give. Like, something's got to give. When you're playing this much Tekken. Exactly. Something's got to give. When you're playing this much Tekken, this much um, Final Fantasy 7. You can finally talk about that. Yeah, and this yeah. much Bellatro. Yeah. Which, I got, some, I got an update on Bellatro. Right before this episode, I won my first run. Oh! I did it. I did it. I was at my desk locked in. You. While you are streaming Helldivers 2, I was cooking. Yeah. I was playing some poker. It, is, it was it the I same set you, uh, no you showed me, bless. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. It was the thing where it's Bellatro is an incredible video game, mm. like absolutely incredible video game that, like, I think is gonna be a slow burn of people whenever people get to it and like have that thing of oh. This is awesome, right? Because, yeah, like, yeah. I'm playing it. When I first booted up, I was like... For those who don't know, what is Is It's a poker roguelite, to put it simply, right? Yeah. But it's a game that kind of came out of nowhere a little bit. Like, I had a Steam Steam Next Fest demo that um, sort of got people's attention. But now that it's out this week, I've seen more and more people on my timeline talk about it. And the thing that's brought me into it is the fact that I... I'm not a poker person but i do like card games and i sure. do like roguelites and so inscription one of my favorite games ever yeah, yeah and playing Bellatro, right like looking at the setup of you're using a 52 deck of cards right like the standard deck with the face cards the king jack queen all that stuff you're using that kind of deck and basically every round you are playing a hand you're playing hands to then try to get a certain amount of chips which yeah, are essentially yeah. just points right you're trying to get a certain amount of points and so it starts off as the first round, get 300 points with the hands that you have. And so it is you playing these different types of hands that are poker hands. So you might get a flush, which are all cards that have the same suit. You might play a straight, which are the cards in like exceeding order, right? Like the, there's two pairs, there's pairs, right? Whereas like you've got, you have two of the same number or, or two pairs of two different same numbers, right? You have yeah, yeah. all these different hands that you can play and all of them add up to certain values. And so a two pair might be worth, let's say, two times 10 points, But there are so many other things that then add up to it right where if i play a two pair that has two fives and two sixes each of those numbers are then added up into like the amount of chips that you're that you're uh, getting into that on top of that you have these modifiers that are jokers where as you're going there are and this is like where the roguelite really comes in the jokers that you are buying at the store between every round then have these effects of For every diamond you play, it's now times two multiplier, right? Or every, you know, every eight you play or, like, every specific kind of... Every face card you play might have a multiplier or, like, a... Like, you might get you an amount of um, uh, money and cash to spend at the store. Like, all these different multipliers that work to then really switch up how you play. And the thing that's impressed me the most with this game is that so far, all of, like, the... Big successful runs when I, that I've had. and When I say successful, I mean like runs where I've gotten far, not necessarily yeah, yeah. that I've won. But all the well, big just won su- your first one, so yeah. Yeah, all the big successful runs that I've had have had wildly different strategies. Where the the one I just won uh just now, I went all in on these Joker cards that um allowed me to, or that had benefits that went against like discarding cards. And so like you have a certain amount of discards that you can do where you. You can choose up to five cards in a hand, drop them to then draw more cards, right? The One of the ones I had was, like, for every round that I don't discard, it's now, times like, times 0.2 multiplier. And then I had another one that was, like, if you discard, you then bring down this multiplier. So I'm like, okay, this whole run, no discards. We're going in on just playing hands. Okay. And discarding is, like, a big part of it. And so I'm going all in, and, like... Absolutely different way of thinking uh, this last run than last night where I was playing and like my whole run depended on like diamonds. And so I'm going for like trying to get flushes with all diamonds. Well, that's what really keeps cool. those,
2: That's what keeps a roguelike fresh right where it is like okay cool this run is going to be based around this this yeah. is what i'm trying to accomplish here and i think that's why you have games like this that are so successful that are you can beat it you can finish a run but like you're not done with the game right you're yeah go back you're gonna play again and you try different strategies try to do it faster try to do it better
3: and the thing that i like currently now that i've beaten this um this first run that i've won there's an option to like all right, do you want to do a new run or do you want to switch to endless mode? Ah. And immediately I switched to endless mode because I'm like, I want to see how far I can take this hand. And so when I get home, I'm going to boot up my... The game's on PlayStation, obviously, but also it's on Steam and I've been playing it on Steam with a Steam deck. And Steam. Fair enough. Um, but I'm going to... Have you heard home.
2: about PlayStation Portal, though? Because you could be playing your PlayStation...
3: Yeah, but oh. my wi fis not that great at home, and so like, now it's the whole thing. I heard about uh, But yeah, I'm gonna keep going with that run to see how far I can get, just for fun. Like sure. I'm not—I don't know if I'm gonna earn anything off of it, but like I want to. I'm really enjoying this uh, this run, so I'm having a good time. Twenty-three points there for CEO Juniors and the kind of funny Fantasy Critic. What's uh, Final
2: Fantasy got me right now?
4: I think let's see, twenty-six. Twenty-six. You'd love
2: to see it. Let's see if that hangs in there. You know what I mean? It's a hot. It's a hotly contested fantasy critic. Yeah, it's very competitive. I knew scared. Janet was the one holding us back from having everybody care?
3: Honestly, you know? I before this, Barrett was like very like, oh man, I'm gonna, I'm coming after you, Greg and Roger. Yeah, and I was like, oh man, leave out my name. Now that we're this now that we're a month and a half in, I'm like I get it. <laughs> I'm not performing the best so far. Like the only the, the only game I have on my list that scored points is Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, yeah. which is a good game. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, it's only gotten me 11, 11 points. 11 points ain't gonna get it done. And I'm I'm trying to bank on Microsoft Flight Simulator 2024 to yeah, like really yeah. bring it in. But I wasn't expecting for those other games to come through and, and like you know put it down the way they are. And so did yeah, you, did any,
2: did, I appreciate. I'm sorry, real quick, Bear. Yeah. I appreciate how you've left so many spots open. Lots oh, of time yeah. left in this year. A lot of us are starting to get down to having That's like mid one or off, two. Is uh, that
3: by the time we get around to E3 or not E3 season, SGF like, season? F- yeah, SGF season, more yeah. games are going to be announced, and hopefully you guys don't have as many slots to use. Exactly. Barrett, what was yeah.
4: that? Uh, I was just wondering if anybody else made a bid for Bellatro.
2: No, I I no. had never heard of it until it, until you did damn. your tweet about it, and then I saw the review scores.
3: Same. Yeah,
4: damn! I, I put eight dollars on it because I was really worried. Got to be careful. I know because I was like, I've been hearing about this game like a lot for the last couple weeks. I don't know like how like tuned in Mike is on like updating his draft and all that stuff. So, yeah, um, but I, I I feel like it was an eight dollars uh, spent well. It was. It's I'm an. I'm also ear- gonna have to drop Mario Kart. I think so. I'll, I'll have three spots open. You're
3: yeah. definitely gonna have to drop Mario Kart. <laughs> we're we're very early into the year. We're a month and a, and a half into the year, so, or in a few days, or in a week, I guess. And my, I don't know how other games are gonna infiltrate my top three, because right now it's it's Tekken 8, it's Final Fantasy, and it's Bellatro. <laughs> and I legitimately, these three games, I love them so much yeah. that like. You know, I think Elden Ring, Shadow of the Earth Trees is, uh, I, I is probably going to break in there, but like, and uh, who knows what the next rest of the year is going to look like in terms of like Metaphor yeah, Refantation. to finish Persona
4: 3 slowly over the year. Exactly. That's true. Exactly. But even you know, Persona
3: 3, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess Persona 3 could overtake Final Fantasy maybe. Let, let me tell
4: you, man, last yeah? half of uh, Persona 3, like the, the stuff that you have not touched yet.
2: Dude, this year's starting off strong. Of course, our Final Fantasy VII Rebirth review is live. as a Kinda Funny Games cast right now. You can go check it out. Uh, of course, remember that you can get PSI Love You XOXO for uh, free with ads without the exclusive content on YouTube.com slash Kinda Funny Games and podcast services around the globe. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Carl Jacobs, Streaking Ain't Easy, and Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, but let's start with a PSN message from you! I appreciate it on the gamescast talking about Final Fantasy sponsoring kind of funny content mm. not sponsoring the review that they, you know we wouldn't be doing that kind of thing and then of course that like since Tim Rat you know blah blah you reviewed it. Yeah. It was well done. I wasn't on it obviously so it was I, I haven't had a chance
3: to tell you you guys do a good with Well this episode's brought to you by Bolatro.
2: <laughs> uh, the PSN message comes from Sergio who says, "Hey Greg, you got any update on the new PlayStation headset? Highly consider bu- considering buying it, but I was wondering if you're thinking it's worth the $150 price. Of course, Sergio was talking about that Pulse Elite wireless headset that is here on the table. Because, yes, I have been using it. Shout out PlayStation for sending us one. FTC, don't come at us. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? We know. We know. Cool. It was sent for review. I don't know. influencers or whatever. I've actually never seen myself in it. So this is trippy. Yeah, because I've used a lot of I've used it a lot, but I I'm not I'm never I can't see myself when I do it. You know what I mean?
3: I think that's the one thing that like I might be my one uh uh, thing. Yeah, is like I don't love how I look. Your
4: head very weirdly.
3: Yeah, like I don't like how it looks when you have it on. Like it looks when you have it off and it's just on the table. I think it looks excellent. when you have it on it's like you look like a dork (laughs) look at this guy
2: (laughs) i don't think i've ever seen anyone in a gaming headset and been like they look cool yeah
3: that's true and also like how 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 often are you uh, par par for the course
2: for us whatever but here's what i would say is like i i have no idea how i looked in the original pulse headset i guess we can go get that off my desk if you want and have a uh, face off or whatever but what's interesting about it is like first off if you're new around here and you don't know i'm not some audiophile tim is tim gave his like detailed talking about 3d surround sound bullshit impressions on Ca- kind of funny games daily monday if you want because this question actually comes from there but i saved it to have a conversation with you i i want to say was playing Helldivers but that actually might not be correct i think it might have been playing banishers for review wh- and i use in the office i use my uh playstation uh pulse headset the original one before this one got here so hold on that's how i looked in that one let me see if this one
3: like, I think this looks. Less this quirky.
2: looks more like earmuffs. Yeah. So I think you're no. When you get that shot, it still looks dorky. Well, that, that it, looks no, normal.
4: It's less pinheady. Like the other one, like shapes at the very top in yeah. a weird way. This this seems more. So option. Like a, this
2: is the original. Yeah.
4: Uh, pulse headset.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Taking it off. Yeah. Now he's putting on the elites. And these are the pul- Pulse Elites.
4: Yeah, there's
3: something yeah about it's the they got a thing going on. Yeah. But anyway, is that the shape of your head? Let me put it no, on. it is not the
2: shape of my head. Don't I mean, be insulting be my head. pinhead. Uh, I was playing Banishers, I think, here in the office for review. Had been using uh, the regular Pulse headset as I always do at my desk and at the TV. And these came in that day, and I immediately switched over to them. And not being the audio guy, you know, they can go through and talk about the planar technology and all this other shit that's in them and whatever. Blah 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 going from the regular pulse to the pulse elite sound wise was like, Oh, holy shit Mm -hmm. where it was that I'm, I'm not the sound guy. So the elites have always been fine. Sound wise, whatever putting those on, it was immediately different. That was immediately, I thought more HD or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, that was great. And then same thing I said, uh, from my preview of the pulse elite headset last year, right? Is that, Oh man, the ears, the ear cups are bigger around my ear. They feel more comfortable. The band is supposed to redistribute weight. It feels more comfortable. Having used these now for banishers all the way through on review and then for, I think it last count, something like 36 hours of Helldivers over the past week or and week and a half or whatever it's been, like, no problems. Like, Pulse Elite, the OG ones, would eventually hurt my ear. The cartilage of my ear would eventually, I, I, I would feel the weight of them on here. Not like, you know, like, ah! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I would know it's on my head, whereas these, I think, are so nice form factor-wise. So nice. Uh, in terms of uh, the quality, in terms of the weight, in terms of long gaming sessions. Um, a big one for me too is that it's very weird how you know time works or whatever, but when I got the Pulse Elite originally, or I'm sorry, when I got the original Pulse headset back in the day and was using that, I was playing a lot of Avengers. And I remember when I first started using them, somebody was like, what the hell are you wearing? <laughs> and yeah. I was like, "Why?" Like, it doesn't sound good. I was like, "Oh, damn! It's the new fucking pulse headset." Yada yada. This one, I'm playing a lot of Hell Divers, and so it has been, you know, the retractable mic and all that jazz. I have asked people like, "How do I sound?" They're like, "You sound great. Fine. No, you know, I mean, it's gaming. Whatever. I don't know if it's as crystal clear as a cell phone call, but." Mm-hmm. I'm I'm very happy with the Pulse Elite headset. Uh, I do need to buy a pair for home because I want to just be able to leave one in in both places, one at the office, one at home. Uh, And I will happily spend money on them because I'm that happy with them. Um, And again, I am not the audiophile. I am not the checking all the things. I want it to plug and play, and it plugs and plays with the PlayStation. I think it's super impressive still, the ability to, when I, especially for Helldivers where, where I'm waiting in a login queue or I'm waiting for a mission to load or I'm waiting for somebody to go through the stratums, stratagems to pop into Twitter, pop into TikTok and have the audio, the video I'm watching come through the headset while I'm still talking and while I'm still interacting, right? Because you can link it to your phone and your PlayStation and have it go at the same time. The one criticism I would have, and this could easily be user error because I am a moron, I cannot for the life of me get it connected to my portal which is one of its big thing with the play link bucket button. Hmm. But there was, and I've only tried the one night when I first came home and was doing some stuff with it where I was trying to play hell divers and do it. And I was holding the button, tapping the thing, doing the eight seconds for one second, it it flashed that it was connected. And then I just couldn't do it again. I troubleshot for probably eight minutes before I was like, fuck this. I got to go. And I just put on the uh, earbuds.
3: I've had connectivity issues with like both the pulse explorers and also the pulse elite. Um, n- I'm not trying to connect it to the, pl- to the portal but yeah. connecting to my PS5 Like there'll be random times where I'll turn my PS5 to rest mode and then turn it back on and like the portal will, or the um, headset will already be on and like I'm clicking the thing to try and connect it to the PS5 and it won't go but then I'll put both on rest mode and then put them back on and then, yeah. then it'll happen uh, weird things like that and then also just periodic like even in the middle of playing or in the middle of listening to my music on my phone or whatever because like the Pulse Explorers the Pulse Elite has bluetooth connectivity as well as the playstation link stuff so you can listen to your phone while also playing yep. games and just random times it'll drop then come back in like it'll drop for like half a second and then come back in and i don't know why that happens between both the pulse explorer and the pulse elite i don't think that happened much with like my original pulse yeah um so yeah i think that might be a link thing. interesting yeah i haven't i haven't had the drop on it but tim has
2: tim was talking about that where he had to get He's using the new PlayStation Five Slim, so he's just got USB-C on the front. Yeah. So when he had it plugged in the back, he was having connectivity issues. So he moved the dongle to the uh, front with a connector. See,
3: I've been wondering that with my with my own setup because the way I have it, yeah, I have the dongle in the back, but then I also have a PC, the uh, like in between me and yeah. my uh, console. And I've had it with the I've. I feel like I've been like in conspiracy theory territory where I'm like, when I have my explorers, sometimes my right explorer will drop, but then my left explorer is fine. But so I'm like, is my head is my skull, (laughs) is my skull blocking the connection of my right explorer. Then I turn my head and then it reconnects. And I'm like, Okay, is it because I turned my head, or is it just happening to reconnect this way? I don't know. But either way, I think those two things aside, like, those are kind of smaller criticisms of, of it. Overall, I really, really, really dig my Pulse Explorer. I think on the sound level, yeah, I think the sound quality is better than the the regular Pulse. And then, on top of that, like, the sound balance between my Bluetooth stuff and then playing on the Link. When I'm like, playing Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth, for example, when I'm doing just random open-world stuff, like my checklist box stuff, yeah. I am playing podcasts i'm playing music and it is leveled ex- ex- like the exact way that i like it where i can hear the game clearly but then i also have like music and where i can he- hear the music clearly like this the quality of it i can tell is way talk better to me than about I've that because
2: i haven't way. had the issue but i also haven't looked into it, right because for me it's a tiktok it's a whatever mm-hmm. the sound balancing you're doing right would be you're turning your phone up more on your phone itself basically
3: yeah like i'm yeah. not going in and like i know there's ways to where you can actually get in the nitty gritty of like. EQing that yeah, yeah, yeah i'm not eqing okay like, oh, i am yeah. just turning my phone up higher and like turning the game down low and like i think because of the quality of the audio within the, the pulse yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The elites it just sounds way better than even the explorers when i'm doing both at the same time uh so i like that i think i really 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 need to commend is the battery life i've not had it die on me
2: they advertise 30 hours and I, I have not run it to death i've yeah. just done the thing where i put it down pick it up don't think about it and i i've pop it on a charger I think the other day but it wasn't because it
3: was dying I was just like oh I need to do it yeah and I mean I like
2: that they come with the little dongle thing to if you want to mount it somewhere
3: I'm usually like like, pretty critical uh when it comes to like battery life stuff for PS for PlayStation in general because I feel like it's just since PS3 uh, things the controllers just die like crazy and I've had it with the pulse where um I'm like oh yeah my whole style is dying I need to plug it in yeah Explo Elites I, I am going a while without even thinking about plugging it in. Yeah. And then I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh, I guess I should plug this in because I'm sure it's going to die at some point.
2: And I don't want some inopportune time to do it. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had the thing pop up and tell me low or anything like yeah. that. So that's been nice.
3: And so I like it a lot. I do, like, I think the aesthetic design of it, you know, like it, it is designed. I like to design more than most gaming headsets because usually gaming headsets look like gaming headsets. But the fact that it's a Bluetooth uh, thing that can connect my phone, I almost wish that it was designed in a way where I felt good about being out and about with it. You know, like I wish I could use it like those same way that I use my Beats headphones, where I'm just like, you know, going to the grocery store or doing whatever, and I have my headphones on. I would never wear this to the grocery store. No, no, but also, like, no. it, you're not going to. I never to. wear most of my gaming headsets yeah. or any but, uh, gaming headset, I guess. But like so. most of the gaming headsets. I guess I travel with my Astros quite a bit. I might be wrong about this, but I feel like most gaming headsets aren't. Uh, I guess they probably are. I was going to say they're not Bluetooth compatible, but I guess they have to be, right? To be like connected but the way that this is bluetooth compatible i'm like i'm using it with my phone in a way where i'm like man i just wish i looked normal <laughs> in the store wearing sure. i'm running but obviously if you're using it as a gaming headset at home yeah you don't have that issue right it's uh, my dog nick
2: 96 says does the pulse elite not have the aux cord that's what i liked about the original uh, i don't think it came with an aux cord if i remember correctly but it's still got the jack it's still there so if you have your own aux cord you can still plug it into a regular headphone jack no problem
3: yeah yeah but overall i like it i, I th- yeah. think it's a good upgrade i think obviously money is to each their own in terms of, of how they want to use it but if you, if for everything we're saying 150 dollars sounds like something that you're willing to put down for this i'll say it's worth it
2: yeah me too yeah and, I, and i'm sure again i you know i'll tell you all about why whatever superman game is good or why every ghostbuster game is bad i'm not the audio guy so i'm sure there are a million other headsets that are doing a million other things cooler or whatever but for me the guy who plays consoles because he just wants it to be easy this is easy and i like it oh yeah I'll tell you though, the, uh, this has nothing to do with these headsets. It, well, it does tangentially. The other day, I picked up the Portal to go play, and I just—I just literally chuckled to myself. I'm like, "How fucking stupid is it that this thing doesn't have Bluetooth?" Because I always oh, have my I always forget. I always yeah. have my AirPods in my little pocket for my phone or for whatever I need. And I'm like, "Why the fuck?" Yeah. My Switch even. Why the fuck can I not just connect these things there? In power a pinch? The Play Link. Yeah, it, it is like Power the Play Link. You the gotta have that Planar headset. Whatever the hell. Sounds great. I don't understand it, but it sounds great. It's time for Topic of the Show. Blessing. Greg. There's a little game called Helldivers 2 that has taken over my life, and that's, no, that's not news to anybody. Everybody knows how much I loved Helldivers 1 and how I was super excited for this one and ready to go. The news that it has taken over the world, though, is kind of shocking. The news that there was like, what was it, 400,000 plus concurrence on Steam, kind of surprising. Yeah. That they had to cap the servers at the weekend at 450,000 people, just shy of half a million people. They had to say it's not working. Right either. The TikToks I'm being served, sure, the gameplay, but then the, uh, the ones that are from the people's partners are the ones that kill me. Where they're making there was one where she the girl's filming just the screen she's mm-hmm. she was like acted like it turned on so the guy ran in and it was still like on the whole screen he's all pissed off at her or whatever <laughs> and then topics to bring up if your partner is obsessed with hell divers and all stuff a lot of like I think you were the one a long time ago who said about some game we were all talking about of like you know it's mainstream you know it's something different when it's bri- it's broken through the algorithm to find it outside of our normal gaming friends channels right yeah <laughs> this then led to an interesting question you presented what was it. What were we wrong about PlayStation's Live Service Plan? Do
3: you want me to elaborate on that? Or do you... I've never been wrong about anything PlayStation related. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, I think this comes off of like the conversations that we've had in the last. I guess it's been a quite a few years as we've been getting news about the PlayStation 10 games and then 12 games. Both games. Live service. And Jim Ryan's doing this, in yeah, uh, yeah. And, and now we, we yeah, got fair games, and we're partnering Concord. with Haven Studios and Jade Raymond and doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Right, and then mm-hmm. I think it all came to a head last year during uh, the summer PlayStation showcase where we got multiple games are announced that are part of this live service plan, right? Yeah. It was held. I It was Concord. It was fair games. And it was another one. I think wasn't. Well, I thought that was it. it <laughs> I thought, I thought those were the ones. Did I say marathon? No, you yeah. didn't say marathon.
2: You did not. You oh, said Concord. Every-
3: yeah. So yeah, held Eversu, Concord, Fair Games, Marathon. Yeah. yeah, those were those were the four that were announced. On top of last was Online, which we knew existed, but then, then we had course. reports shortly after that yeah. uh, PlayStation Showcase where uh, I think it was Jason Schreier talking about how Bungie did the evaluation and they're like having problems with what the content, like post watch yeah, yeah. content, was going to be, and so we knew that that was having issues. That was met with a response where everybody was like, "Uh, like we these games don't universally, only Universally, yeah, yeah. like universally, like." These, these trailers aren't selling these things to me. And then also we like PlayStation for single player narrative action sure. stuff, right? Sure. Like we want the PlayStation games that we love. I think that was kind of the universal response to it. Now that we're in the following year, right? We've gotten, I don't, I don't know if this is technically the first them but like i guess one of the first major ones if you want to count it i know it's third party but published first party all that stuff yeah,
2: yeah. i mean they're i mean play Sa- the playstation studios logo goes before remember
3: yeah. everybody, second party is
2: dead even if you're a third party independent studio and you make a playstation game for exclusively they're going to put that logo on and say you're playstation studios
3: but hell i you being i think objectively there's like in every single um like unit of measurement you want to look at successful yeah were we wrong I, of course,
2: don't think so. Yeah. And I think there's so much to it, but it's because people keep extrapolating in interesting ways. I, I, you know, I hate starting internet drama. (laughs) You do? (laughs) You know, I just, I hate it. There's nothing like that. And I hate, especially when one of our friends of the show Mm. wants to open their fat mouth and get smacked down. All right. Mm. But Sancho West. A young boy out of Texas who's on WrestleMania in review next week, of course, watched on your screencast podcast feed, put up a tweet, Barrett. I put a link to it in the document. If you have the document in front of you, I don't know if I told you to put the document in front of you, but it doesn't matter. Even I'm going to read it to you. Right? Basically on February 17th, Sancho quote tweeted Wario 64, where he was saying, Wario is saying hell divers has hit over 300,000 concurrent players on steam. Sancho quoted it and said, I'm extremely confident. The last of us online would have put up these numbers too easily hopefully the success of hell divers convinces naughty dog and playstation to at least try the last of us online i feel this is and i love sancho of course mm-hmm. friend of the show friend friend just a friend makes fun of me because i took him to this bar one time where there was no menu and they he, you had to tell them what you kind of like and then they would make something for you wait it was, <laughs> a, it was a cocktail bar eric castro recommended so you know it's crazy this is in san francisco no 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 this was in Nashville. hilarious anyways This is the root of the problem with the argument, is that I feel like, were we wrong? Of course, we don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's this idea that, oh, well, look, Helldiver's done it. Last of Us would have done it as well, right? Like, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I'm not saying Helldivers 2 is a unicorn, but I'm saying that Helldivers 2 is from Arrowhead. It is a sequel to a game that came out nine years ago. It is also an unflinching, this is what the game is. Like, I've been so impressed by the CEO and president on Twitter, uh, first off, for being way too outspoken. I'm sure PlayStation PR is mad at him. Oh, yeah. But secondly, being like, at one point, somebody was like, well, are you, are you ever going to add PVP? And, and they, he was like, absolutely not. Like, that's not what this game is. Like, they have hell, uh, uh, Arrowhead has a vision for what Helldivers 2 is, and I think that leads to its success, right? Because it is delightfully complicated. Looking at that, for Sancho to look and be like, oh, well, Last of Us would have put up these numbers, too. I, not a fucking chance because clearly Last of Us wasn't fun. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the, this this would be a, a, akin to be like, oh well, if if the order had been different. Oh, well, if Helldivers 2 is gonna do this, well, clearly Suicide Squad will have these kind of concurrent numbers as well, right? Like, mm-hmm. no, these are I don't think this is an apples to apples thing. Like Helldivers is a crafted game that is fun in every moment, right? Maybe not waiting for the servers to work, but fun in every moment of playing it. Whereas Last of Us multiplayer clearly wasn't something was wrong and it didn't work. And so then to look ahead and be like, well, then they've proven themselves PlayStation with with uh, Helldivers. We should not be at all concerned about fair games. It's like, well, no fair games looks generic as shit, like fair games, like just and I, I know we've only seen like the teaser and like read about it. Right. But like these things that are like. Yeah, we, we joke about the extraction shooter. We joke about P V E V P or whatever the fuck. And these, I'm throwing all the games from that showcase together here. Yeah. Right. Whereas like, which extraction shooter was that? Ha ha ha. Like Helldivers has something going on. I think even when you just glance at it, we weren't sure if it would pay off. And even after the preview, right. I was like, I don't know if it'll be mainstream enough. It's going to speak to me, but I don't know. Kind of thing. Like, I don't think that you can look and be like, oh, well, because one second-party studio here was able to do this, PlayStation's got an eye for it, which means that Fair Games has to be successful.
3: I want to play a bit of Devil's Advocate. Please. Because I think, for what you're saying, I do agree with you, but to play to play Devil's Advocate a little bit, right, like, I think there's a argument that can be made about the system in which hell 2... The system. The system that allowed for Held to be to be a success, because I think I think a lot of this and a lot of what we see with live service games and the way that we see games come out and not do well is part of the systems that led to their existence. So Suicide Squad, for example, this I think if you look at WB games as a publisher and their attempts at monetization and their attempts at trying to put together something multiplayer that's gonna work for people, they've had a lot of missteps that m- would have allowed anybody to look at Suicide Squad and go, oh, that's not going to work for you, right? Like, I look at things like Gotham Knights. I look at things like the microtransactions that were in Shadow of War. I look at things like Mortal Kombat, which, like, has issues with monetization as well, where, like, that fan base isn't always happy about what's going on there. Um, Suicide Squad not only let off on the wrong foot in terms of showing people a game that made them go, "Ah, but that's not what I want out of that kind of game. And then, yeah, like... Coming out and feeling like something that was that came from the kernel of the idea of how do we get as much money as possible out of this DC license as opposed to how do we make the best DC game that we can out of the resources sure. and people and teams that we have. Uh, I also look at something like Skull and Bones, right? Where where that's another one where it's like, I I Ubisoft as a whole, right? Like there are so many, I think, wins when it comes to a live service kind of thing. When I look at Rainbow Six Siege. Um, but at the same time, like, I look at things like Roller drone I look at things like Rainbow Six Extraction. I look at things like um, uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. And there are so many things that it feels like they are just trying shit out and don't develop it fully, right? And this would, if just to so show it, me, because well, I'm not yeah, trying yeah. to stop
2: you. I want, I want to help you go with this argument, right? Mm-hmm. We look at Helldivers and the success and be like, well, clearly then, it, we, we, maybe we, are we wrong about live service games? Skull and Bones right around it. And so is Foam Stars. And, like, yeah. we did a stream of Fo- Fo- Foamstar sponsored, right? And we played at SGF. And my feelings after the stream are the same as after playing it at SGF, right? Which was, like, oh, it's a f- it was fun. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't. there's
3: no hook. There's nothing in me like Helldivers where I'm, like, I got to play more of this. I got to keep yeah. going. I want to keep doing this. And I think a lot of the games that we're seeing that have come out in the last however many years that are live service games that come out and, like, it's a thud, right? Like, don't gain any success. Don't gain traction. Don't gain the hype. Feel very, I think, on their surface. And, and like, I think very apparently feel like they're being made because these are, like, the money moves. These are the things that are going to bring an audience so we can monetize it and do all this stuff, right? Whereas, and I I think we get those because we are, you know, uh, looking at publishers that are, you know, like, not PlayStation or Xbox or Nintendo, right? Like, hey, we need to serve these shareholders. We need to make money. We need to do these things. When you look at, I think... PlayStation, how they've operated so far, right? And like talking about the system of PlayStation and how we know they, how they, we know they work both from like word of mouth reports and all this stuff. Last of Us, that getting the, the evaluation from Bungie and let's just say like the PlayStation team, right? Yeah. I know it's not just Bungie, but like yeah, yeah. the PlayStation team. And I'm going, hey. This isn't gonna work for these reasons, right? Like you need to think about this as a live service. How are you gonna keep up with this? How are you gonna make content? How are you gonna do all this stuff? And Naughty Dog making the decision of, oh yeah, if we do this, then we're gonna to have to commit to it. And that's gonna mean that we're all hands on deck and that's gonna affect our single player experiences that we wanna make. Let's not do that. And that lead leading to the cancellation. That's the system working as it, as it should, right? That's PlayStation putting in these checks that go, hey, we're keeping an eye on you hey, just so you know, this is what the what the status is, and giving Naughty Dog the leeway to go, okay, let's not do that. Whereas, you look at Arrowhead, right? And like, Held 2, the reason why it's working is for what you're saying. Them coming on being like, now we're not going to do PvP. Hey, we're going to make this a co-op uh, third-person shooter that feels like it's doing a lot of things that harken back to our, our favorite games of the PS3, the Xbox 360 era, right? Like, it is a co-op shooter where you're having fun it's chaotic it's all these things how many games do you see nowadays that are like Helldivers Two, just in even genre yeah. like it feels like it is doing a thing that isn't following like whatever the money moves are saying it feels like it is a hey this is the game that arrowhead really wants to make because it's a sequel to a thing that they made seven years ago or so and they are given the freedom to go this is what we want to do with it obviously i can't say if that's how they're going to treat fair games and concord and all this stuff but if we're looking at a PlayStation that wants to go, how do we foster these games the best way possible so that we're not just going, hey, put out a Suicide Squad that's going to make money and all this stuff. But, yeah. hey, put out, hey, uh, Haven Studios, we believe in you to make a game like that, that's multiplayer and do all this stuff. We're going to be hands off with it. We're going to give you the resources. We're going to give you the checks and all that stuff, but just make something. I think that that could foster... A roster of good live service games i don't know if they're going to get the money maker like the big fortnite type thing
2: but maybe they don't need it like yeah. i mean a fortnite thing obviously everyone in the whole wide world would want and would need but you know what i mean in terms of I, uh, let's bring this question in mm-hmm. dcash 114 had written into kind of funny.com slash you or psily just like you could to be part of the show does sony take the wrong message from hell divers to success and lean back into live service i think that's the biggest takeaway were we wrong about live playstation's live service push right well what did we say that it seemed like too much too fast remember mm-hmm. they, they already said they're pulling back on it and and not doing what i forget if they said they're only gonna do six of the twelve or if they put out the long thing and they canceled the last of us so like there's like i worry yeah of course taking the wrong message held ever to success back on everybody on board let's all make live service games but i think it's more of not taking the wrong message but maybe us as in not industry, but us as fans of video games, giving them a second to let them fuck it up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, again, it was the live service is such a poisoned word, all these different things, battle pass, da 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 Back to, you know, okay, well, people want to make money off of these things. Like, hell divers could be making so much more money than it is. Helldivers is incredibly generous. I feel as somebody who's been playing the game nonstop for a week and a half, right? With its super credits. Like, yeah, I put 10 bucks in, but I still and I bought an outfit and a helmet and whatever. And I still have at this point, I've made I have more than $10 in there now from credits I've found in the world, credits I've gotten off the battle pass. And the store updates what? It's like every day and a half, every two days. And like today's drop has a bunch of stuff on it that I've already bought. So it's not like they they could expand that shop. They could put a whole bunch of stuff in there. They aren't putting weapons in there in terms of like, oh, this is the great gun. You should buy it kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Like there's a way to make it really scummy and shitty, but they're not. So it's almost like to the point of last of us getting canceled and the point I was making to the fact that Helldivers isn't gouging you for money when it is published by PlayStation. They could say gouge them for money, right? Maybe we have to sit there and be like, give PlayStation the benefit of the doubt that, even though I read uh, Fair Games, right? Our first new IP, Fair Games, is a fresh modern take on the heist genre. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though I read Concord, right? And it's uh, uh, Concord. Announced today as a showcase, Concord is our new PVP multiplayer first-person shooter coming to PlayStation and PC. While I read Bungie and it goes, uh, Marathon is a sci-fi PVP extraction shooter. It will find players and get. Ga- I'm like, all these, it is, just, especially all at once in one thing. but again benefit of the doubt like jade raymond's very talented obviously bungie's very talented like you have to see maybe it is the thing of like okay we've seen other people fuck it up we've seen wb fuck it up with rocksteady over here for suicide squad maybe it is that fact that the checks and balances are working they are getting they're pulling out last of us they're pulling back on some projects or you know they're making the moves that I don't mind a live service game. I actually really fucking like them when they're good. Yeah. I really like Helldivers. And again, like, I will be interested in two months what Helldivers looks like. Like, I, I t- fully expect six months, nine months, whatever. Oh, we're doing a big expansion. There's a new race of aliens. You're going north or south on the planetary map or galactic map. Like, that I know is coming. But if it's just, like, every day is like, okay, cool. They're doing the little, like, you know, get more this and it mm-hmm. takes longer with fog because of that and there's a drop on the store is that what's making me come back with my friends i don't know yeah
3: and like i think this conversation takes me into multiple different directions sure. where i think the conversation in playstation should be in regards to concord and fair games and the other stuff in the works how do we foster more held 2? too right how do we or how do we foster more of these kind of launches where it is hey let's do everything right let's not force it and let's make sure that we are leading off on the best foot possible for these multiplayer live service games but then also on the flip side you know you talk about how Helldivers Two can make a lot more money right the way they're monetizing yeah. it is very generous and all this stuff Helldivers Two for the way it's performing exceeding their expectations doing all this stuff playstation you go back to last year where we got the slideshow where they talk about putting in like shifting their budget to 60 percent of it going yeah, yeah, into yeah, live yeah. service type stuff right which i don't i think they uh, based on what you're talking about they might have they might have adjusted they might have not i don't know but is let's say Concord Marathon and like whatever other live service thing are more divers 2 like things. Is that making them the money that they want off of this live service push? Is that doing what they what, what they want? I mean, want?
2: You just, so if it, like, those three games are as good as Helldivers, then yeah, it is right because like this is the key part of their strategy, right? That they're being very open about, especially in the past week with their financials, right, and talking about fiscal years of like it's dominating on PC. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when it's when it's outpacing God of War and Spider-Man, which is to be expected because those weren't day and date. When it but when it's crushing and passing all these different records, like that is what PlayStation wants to see. And I'm sure that that is a monetary gain in a world that it's not hard to believe and it's not hard to look back over the past I mean generations, but I mean even the past few years of here is this uh exclusive timed we're partnering with or exclusive we're doing that second party that we're just keeping to PlayStation. And so you can only imagine how many selling on PlayStation versus what it's doing right now. Mm-hmm. And again, when you're breaking those steam records, what are you doing? You're getting headlines each and every day about this is crazy. This is crazy. this, And that's only inspiring more people to go buy. That's only inspiring more people. To be like, Oh shit, I need to pay attention to this game. So if you can have three more that are like that. Yeah. I mean, obviously they would love for any of these to be the biggest thing. Like Fortnite. The next Fortnite, and yeah. Suddenly yeah. lady Gaga is dropping it. Hell divers too. They would fucking love that. But I still think, just making more money than they would have made on just a PlayStation five exclusive is there and having people engaged to stick around and be positive about it. And again, like for me who wants to give them more money for more cool shit, like if it is going to be for Helldivers Two that they drop an expansion and it is, it's another 40 bucks. You know what I mean? Like we're going big in a year and it's another $40 expansion, but it's a new universe. You're going like, fuck yeah, you've earned it. Take
3: it. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, to get back to like, you know, the wor- worry about Concord and other games, yeah. right, is like I think even if the goal is for like, hey, let's foster these ga- these games the way that we foster or held ever two, right? Like, let's give them the freedom, let's give them the leeway, let's give them the resources, whatever they need to make a game that doesn't feel like it's over monetized or yeah. like trying just trying to ride the wave of a certain genre, a certain kind of games of service type tactic, right? I wonder how I-, I I guess I go I still go back to what the climate is for live service games and. For what we're seeing in terms of the ups and downs of it. You know, I still go back to things like Knockout City being one of the best multiplayer games I ever played. Like fucking yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a game that I absolutely adore, right? But them not being able to 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 keep up with it. Uh not WrestleQuest, the other wrestling game that was like the wrestling battle ring. Rumbleverse. Now. Rumbleverse, thank you. Like Rumbleverse, you know, coming and going. And seeing a lot of that. I I think right now we're in an interesting moment because this year started off with the two more expensive live service games being Skull and Bones and um suicide squad and i guess foam stars are gonna put that in there even though like that was on playstation plus but i digress right those kind of like you know coming and feeling like they're, like they're already going but then power world and Helldivers two being the ones that are like blowing up both for very different reasons yeah. right? like you can't really predict what's gonna hit in what way um the uh, concord marathon uh fair games i forget which which are which in terms of like the kind of games but <laughs> some of them have pvp <laughs> like, yeah. like, fair games i believe is PvP. marathon pvp yeah like pvp is such a different beast than pve in a way that makes me in the way that ha- has me having my eye on it of all right like held i was nailing it in terms of what pve co-op horde chaos can be when you add in the pvp element which you know takes a bit more maintenance takes a bit more balancing takes a bit more listening to the community and the feedback and like making sure that there aren't elements that are breaking when people are fighting against each other or there's a gun that's unbalanced. Now the whole game's ruined because yeah, people yeah, are yeah. having fun, right? Like, I am so curious to see when we get there and how that's dealt with on the, on the uh, PlayStation side. If, it is, if this is a thing of we are treating this the way we want to treat Helldivers 2, like, I, I, I'm hoping for success, but I think there are so many things that are, work- that, that are still working against them in the conversation that we're having.
2: I'm hoping for success, too. Obviously, I want all games to be successful. But we'll have to wait and see if we're wrong about live services. I think our concern is still warranted. Yeah, I think, think we still... I think it's a very hard thing to do. And the, But to your point that you made, and we've all said, I think throughout the shows, of just like, it's so hard to predict. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there was on the same Games Daily where Tim talked about the things and we talked about the headset and we talked about Helldivers, there was a comment from somebody that wasn't as offensive as it might sound as I recount it in uh, short form. But it was like... It's insulting that Helldivers servers don't work in this day and age, or it's unacceptable that Helldiver—you can't play Helldivers, a game you just paid forty dollars for—and it's like, yeah, but no. Like my whole thing was, and I know I'm labeled a developer apologist all the time, but it's that idea of like they're a small independent studio, and like, what did you? I mean, servers aren't free. It's not like no yeah. one could predict this success. Like I saw so many people rally from other games and services or games that have been online and tell their horror stories of like we planned for 250 whatever i'm making up numbers from these tweets. we planned for this astronomical number we barely got like a tenth of that and it still broke the servers because of x y it's like all of this stuff of le- releasing into a live environment like there's so many things that can go wrong but for it to be like we're so successful this small game this 40 game is so successful that like the servers are melting right now and arrow has done such a good job of communicating about it and trying to be like, we're on it and this is that. And you can still get in. Like yeah. I, I still have it at a night where I'm like locked out completely. It's usually 10 minutes. It sucks. And it Bob, it, but it's like, I, I would have rather, I would rather this be the story. than it turns out PlayStation forecasted that it was going to be a million people. And yeah. it only got 200,000 and now they're wasting money doing this thing and you talk about layoffs and you talk about this and budgets and stuff like I'd rather see smaller budgets and smaller ideas but then as you are you're seeing and hearing from the Helldiver CEO right like based on this success we've thrown away our roadmap like we're hiring up to make this a bigger thing
3: yeah so based off of the discuss of Helldiver 2 are you more excited now for the future of these live service games or are you about where the, where you were before? I, I would say I'm where I was
2: before because it's just the, the next three. And I this is what makes it so hard, right? Like, this is so weird of like, this is the stupidest thing I guess I could possibly say. But if we were an ice cream podcast yeah. and they're like, we're making a sequel to chocolate. And chocolate was one of my favorite flavors. Yeah. I'd be like, fuck yeah. And then there's three flavors I just don't care about. You know what I mean? We're like, I hope they're good, but it seems like a lot to put rush these three, or not rush, but put these three flavors out on top of each other and announce them all the same. When we are literally like, wait, which one was the one with yeah. the thing and da, da da Like, I'm still of the mindset that I am not. I don't think these will have hell success. The one I, I, Concord, I feel is the one we know the least about. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, and I may, no, that's true. Right. Cause they've only shown the screen or whatever or space or whatever. Like and, and then there was like, a, kind of like the there was same like a rumor of it's like Ga- guardians, of the galaxy vibe yeah. to it or whatever, whatever. That is the one I would say I'm the most excited for because I'm like, okay, that all sounds interesting and cool. Whereas the PVP thing immediately, I'm like, no, I'm not going to play that. And then fair games. I'm just like another heist game. Like, I don't know. I, the, you know, I, I haven't played a payday in so long because <laughs> I'm just like, I'm good with it. I don't know. So it's like, i'm in the same place where i was never looking at them being like these are guaranteed failures Fuck live service it yeah. was i hope for the best but i still see, think that they're very similar sounding on top of each other but yeah
3: i mean i'm I i think i'm also in that in that similar place but i'm also i'm more optimistic that at the very least these games are going to come out good you know good and successful are two different very different things yeah
2: yeah again hopefully that's the thing we're talking about where again PlayStation does have their hands on the wheel here and are helping guide them in you know, ordering what they want. Yeah, We'll wait and see, ladies and gentlemen. But hey, if you want to wait and see what is next for PlayStation uh, and P- on PS I Love You, XOXO, then you should be a kind of funny member. If you're a kind of funny member, of course, you get each and every episode of PS I Love You XO ad-free. XOXO ad-free. And of course, you can watch live. And of course, you can get the Greg Wave vlogs each and every day. But since you're not using your membership right now, here's a word from our sponsor.
0: We are brought to you by Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth. Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth is a standalone game that welcomes fans and newcomers alike. You don't need to have played Final Fantasy 7 Remake or any other Final Fantasy titles to play and enjoy Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth. The combat is not traditional turn-based and has more action-focused gameplay, with even deeper improvements since Remake, with new synergy attacks and team-based combos. And there are large open sections to explore, with Cloud and his comrades venturing across the planet, their fates unwritten, making every step in the expansive world outside Midgard fresh and mysterious, and of course, there are dozens of mini-games. There's a story recap video of Final Fantasy VII Remake for those interested in learning more about the story so far, and those looking to experience Final Fantasy VII Remake fully can pre-order the Final Fantasy VII Remake and Rebirth Twin Pack, which includes the game plus the DLC episode intermission at no extra cost. You can download and play a demo of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth right now on the PlayStation Store and you can pre-order the game in the link in the description. The wait is almost over. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is out February 29th. Get hyped! This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet...
2: Blessing. Greg. Let's talk about this week in PlayStation. Because what happened this week in PlayStation is that the one and only Snow Bike Mike went to PlayStation HQ. well I said, what are you gonna messed up? <laughs> you got our Xbox guy to go to PlayStation? First off, I don't know if you know this. Xbox basically a third party publisher now. I heard about that. And guess what? Yeah. He went to PlayStation HQ to play an Xbox game. Whoa. That's cruel. It's High also coming rush. to PlayStation. Oh. No, I'm talking, of course, about MLB The Show 24. I said, Mike, write me a little synopsis of what you thought of the game. He gave me an intro, so if you'll, I'll just read this if you don't mind. Mike went to PlayStation HQ to check out MLB The Show 24 and sit down with Ramon Russell to hear all about Storylines Season 2 and how the team at Sony Santa Monica has continued telling important and impactful stories with the addition of 10 new Negro League players and an all-new Derek Jeter Storyline. Ladies and gentlemen, we now go to Snowbike Mike.
1: What's up, everybody? It's Snowbike Mike taking over your episode of P.S. I Love You XOXO for a fun little interview to put in the middle of all this. Today, I'm joined by Ramon Russell from PlayStation to talk all things MLB, the show 2024 and storyline season two, which I'm pretty excited to talk about with you.
5: Oh, man, that makes me so excited that you're excited.
1: (laughs) Happy to be here. Uh, I'm happy to have you. Uh, congratulations on your recent Dice Awards win. I got to highlight that. I mean, you and the team, MLB The Show, best sports game of the year from the Dice Awards. Got to be special right there.
5: Yeah, that was uh, a very surreal moment, and it happened so fast. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not extra, but it's like that extra little icing on the cake. It's like, oh, we, we made a pretty good game last year.
1: You did. You've made an incredible game even last year and beyond, and... You've done an incredible job with a brand new game mode, which is storylines. You know, last year I got to preview it. We gave you the big preview here, kind of funny, on the X-Cast with me and Paris Lily, my gaming dad. And now I get to come back for season two and talk directly with you, which I think is really, really special. Because it is something I wanted to highlight, I wanted to share with our audience. And I hoped that the wider masses would see and love and that's the question. Did they attach to Storyline Season 1? They
5: did. We had a lot of reactions which were the same reactions that you had. And that's what we were we were looking to do. You know, baseball has such a rich history that we all we don't really talk about a whole lot. And so we really took the task, hey, maybe it's okay if we dig a little bit deeper and tell more impactful stories. And if we are, you know, there's this saying, you can't tell the story of baseball without telling the story of the Negro Leagues. And that was really the genesis of the feature. And that came about because we knew that if we just threw a Josh Gibson or a Satchel Paige into the game, 95% of our audience aren't going to know who the heck they are unless you're a hardcore baseball fan. And that felt a little disrespectful. So how do we give our end user a little bit of information about who they were as a person, as a player, and what they mean in the pantheon of baseball history for an interactive video game? And that's how
1: Storylines was born. And you guys absolutely nailed that in season one. So kudos to you and the team. The present, uh, the presentation, the gameplay was all fun. But, of course, I want to start really quick. If somebody is just tuning in and they're going, man, they're talking about storylines, they're talking about historical players, what the heck is storylines? Maybe they didn't see it last year. What is storylines itself?
5: Right. So we make a baseball get video game every year called MLB The Show. And last year, we took a real deep dive and introduced this new game mode called Storylines. And that's exactly what it is. It's a storyline revolving around baseball. And so Storylines is a vehicle that allows us to tell deep, impactful,
1: true stories in the baseball sphere. And you did that. And now let's get into season two, because season one, you highlighted eight players. Mm -hmm. You talked about the Negro League. We teamed up with, of course, someone who now I know forever and will always love, which is Bob Kendrick, the president of the Negro League Museum. I thought that was special. Now I know these players. I know the people involved. I'm into season two. What does season two look like building off of what you did?
5: Well, we wanted to give everybody that same reaction that you had the first time you saw Satchel Paige's storylines. But so we have 10 players this time. Last year was eight. This year is 10. Uh, it's a at least. So at launch, it'll be Josh Gibson, his Hall of Fame teammate Buck Leonard, Henry Aaron, and people are like, Henry Aaron? Wait, we know Henry Aaron Storn. Henry Aaron Stone. Well, you probably do, but do you know that his story started in the Negro Leagues? So you're going to get that part of his story and the legendary Tony Stone, who was the first female baseball player to play in a professional men's baseball league regularly.
1: And I think that one's pretty rad right there. We know some of the names, but we don't know all the names. I think as a, you know, a baseball fan, you know, I talk to my dad about this. I immediately get in the car and go, oh my God, like what about these players? And he tells me stories all the time. And it's cool to see it brought to life and then learn new ones, right? I don't know about Tony. I never knew about this story. And it is cool to see brought to life in your video game as well.
5: And that's what we're trying to do. Um, Bob Kendrick likes to call it edutainment. And it's something that he harkens back to because the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, it's, it's a real museum and museums have to remain relevant. And so his eyes lit up when we first talked to him because he saw the light at the end of the tunnel. And he and he has this quote where he says, I can't wait for kids to come to the museum because they may never come. I have to go to them. Where are kids at? They play video games. A lot of them do. The vast majority of kids play video games. So he immediately saw the opportunity to be able to take what's in that museum and bring it to a much larger, much larger, much younger audience.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a cool one. I, I highlighted that when we had our talk was the edutainment of it all. And I think it's so cool. You know, last year when I got to sit down with you about season one, I brought up hands-on history with Age of Empires and the idea of like mixing gameplay plus history and how do you teach and educate at the same time. And I thought they did a really fun job. And then seeing what you all did here at Sony and MLB, I thought, man, they knocked it out of the park. And it's this really interesting thing where you see something special and you just know it's special. It grabs me right away. I have a smile instantly on my face. The stories are so powerful and so real. And it's something where maybe you just never think about what it was back then. And my eyes, my eyes start to tear up and I go, they nailed it they did it again and it's always exciting and that's the big one is the presentation of it all i think is something special for someone to see
5: and we knew it had to be special because video games are a participatory medium you have a controller in your hand you have agency you want to be doing something and so when people say wait a minute there are videos that you're going to watch but i have a controller in my hand well they're short okay what else well they're not only short they're very informational okay that they're informational yes but they're also very entertaining. You have Getty imagery. You have historical footage. You have one of the best storytellers ever telling you these stories. And I would listen to Bob Kendrick narrate a boop getting deep fried. (laughs) (laughs) Like like everything that man says is so entertaining. We have motion graphics. Uh, The music was a really big part of storylines because we had it had to resonate with a much younger, a more hip, a more cool audience. So the music in storylines, which has always been a big deal, but it's even a bigger deal in season two had to feel right to put you in the right mindset to get you to really engage with it. Because we've been playing video games since we were knee-high to a grasshopper, right? And over the last 10 or 15 years, no one questions anymore if video games are a good storytelling medium. Whether it's The Last of Us, whether it's A God of War or or an Alan Wake or any other mini games who do this amazing job at telling stories. We knew that that was true, but I think what we learned last year was it can also be an edutainment. You can also educate in video games as well, but it's it's not about the education per se, it's how you educate them. How do we make this fun and engaging so that you don't even know that you're getting a history lesson, but you're getting it in a fun
1: and engaging way. Of course, and talking about engagement is... The gameplay itself. There is challenges to mm-hmm. this. That's what guides you through this story. What kind of challenges will we see? What's new and fresh for season two?
5: Yeah, so new and fresh for season two is the moments are easier. We thought we were making them easy last year. We were wrong. <laughs> we, were, we were wrong. Like, there's a uh, a few moments where you had to hit a home run, and we probably didn't give the player enough powers. Like, uh, maybe that wasn't our best best idea. Uh, defensive moments, you'll see for the first time. And if you get stuck at a moment, you can skip. Because what a few kids told us was hey I got stuck at a moment but I'm so engaged with this story and I want to finish it but I literally have a barrier to where I can't finish it so now you can skip the moment if you can't beat it to continue to finish out the
1: storyline I really love that I don't want people to skip all of the moments I want them to play but I do love that someone that doesn't have the best game in MLB the show I appreciate the thought of like hey if I hit a roadblock what am I going to do I don't want to miss out on the story so kudos to you and the team for thinking about that defensive moments We always think about offense in baseball. We think about hitting the home run. We think about driving in that run. What does defense look like to you and the team?
5: Well, so defense came about because of a few reasons. One, we're expanding storylines. Derek Jeter has his own storyline in MLB The Show 24, and he's known for some of his amazing defensive plays. So we knew we needed to really stretch things out and add some new functionality. So you'll have these really fun quick time events In some of Derek Jeter's defensive moments. And you'll see them in storylines, the Negro Leagues too, where you're actually playing defense in a fun and engaging way. And that helps out every player lock game mode. That helps out storylines
1: and it helps out our road to the show game mode. Uh, I'm excited to see the defensive moments. That uh, that to me, robbing a home run over the fence, pulling in that double play at shortstop, I think is going to be really cool to see and participate in. You brought up the captain, Derek Mm -hmm. Jeter. That's a big deal. In, in Storylines now, too? What's up with that?
5: Yeah, so like I said, Storylines is a vehicle for us to tell engaging, fun, impactful stories in baseball. And it was always our goal to start with the Negro Leagues and eventually expand. Um, and it's a completely different experience. The UI is different. The music is different. Derek Jeter is still alive, so we're able to actually talk to him. So it's a completely different experience. And it's in the same world. Uh, Jared Schiff and the team have created... An amazing addition to storylines. It all lives under the same umbrella. It's all in the same world, but it feels completely different than the Negro League storylines.
1: That is so cool. And when we got to see it, I will say the first words out of my mouth was, That was badass, because the shift is so cool, right? Of like, I loved the Negro Leagues and I love the music as you brought up, the presentation. Bob it's telling me these stories was so cool, but then you shift and it's like, Early 90s, early 2000s, New York, the subway system. You can see Jeter on there. It's like, oh, this is rad as can be.
5: Yeah, and the team, Jared Schiff and all of the artists, uh, so many people really worked their butt off on both of these projects. It, it really is a labor of love, and it takes a long time. You know, video game development is very difficult. AAA video game development is even more difficult triple-A yearly release video game development is kind of insane. And the amount of pressure that we're on to deliver a compelling product every year in about an eight-month cycle is very difficult. So when we shoot Bob early in March for a season, we only have about eight or nine months to make that into something. Same thing with Derek Jeter. We had Derek Jeter shoot four or five months ago, and that team has been burning the late-night oil to make sure that it feels fun, it feels fresh, that you're learning something that you're playing? Because we've, we've seen Derek do all of these things, but now you're getting to hear about how did this work in his head? What was he thinking about when these things happened? And then you go in-game and you play it.
1: You're blowing my mind. I get hung up on the idea of, yes, the yearly releases and how fast that turnaround time is for you and the team of like, man, I'd be shaking going, well, what if we do next year? Like, give me some time. I mean, amazing that you and the team can turn around and get excited to make that happen. That is unreal stuff.
5: Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's definitely a labor of love. It's definitely difficult, and it's hard, because I think every sports game developer hears, oh, it's just a roster update. I think everybody has that up on their wall. Make Let's make sure that this isn't a roster update. We need to make sure that we're putting enough content and changes, the right changes, into the game so that we feel that the end user has earned our respect, and we've earned their hard earned money, because video games aren't free. Like, most of them do cost a little bit of money, and so making sure that we're putting enough content out and changing the game up enough to where it's easy for that end user to make that purchase decision.
1: That's awesome. That's right. I mean, I want to talk about because you brought up being with Derek Jeter. You talk about being with Bob. You know, watching the storylines and getting to see the old school video, the sounds, the voices of some of these players. What's that like working with families and working with the MLB, working with Jeter himself? Is that a difficult task? It's stressful as hell. <laughs> It's
5: very stressful. Uh, it's a little bit easier this year um, because you know it was received so well. But it's the same thing. Okay, y'all did something real special year one. Can you do it again? And so we were all looking at each other. And I remember when we shot season two with Bob, the first few minutes, Bob was a little different because he was like, you know, this is different. When we sh- when you were here a year ago. We was just hope. We had hopes, dreams. (laughs) It was just hopes and dreams. We didn't know if we were going to do anything. And so it was a very organic and a very pure process. But after you get a little bit of success, there's way more pressure and that pressure impacts everyone because we're human beings and we're extremely flawed creatures. And it's real easy to overthink. And that's why having a mission statement for a video game and a project is so important for Storylines and for the Negro Leagues, it's the same mission statement as that museum educate, enlighten, inspire. So every decision that we make has to be in service to those three things are we educating, are we enlightening, and are we inspiring? All within a realm of a video game where you have a controller in your hands. So when the times got tough and when we were questioning some decisions that we were making, remembering what our mission was helps keep everybody grounded and helps keep the train on the tracks.
1: You guys absolutely nailed that mission statement. I smile every time I get to see this and play this. And yeah, that's what I brought up last year, right? It was the excitement of something new. What is this going to be? And I asked you, what was the player engagement? Did you notice that people jumped on this, right? You talk about road to the show, play now, seasons, so many game modes and all of these sports titles how do you make your shine and get that? And it seems like it did, right? You've had some big moments where people took notice and it, it really paid off.
5: Yeah, we. Th- some of the things that happened to the studio and everybody who worked on Storylines was nothing that we had ever anticipated. Um, we ended up in Congress to talk about more nuanced um, video game discussions, about it not just being this participatory medium and not, not only it being a mid- medium where you can tell impactful stories, but you can also educate and there's this misnomer that kids don't like history no they do like history but they do care the mode and the medium into which you bring them that history and so it was an opportunity for us to have a more nuanced conversations of how powerful and how positive this art form of video games can be and bob texts me all the time about so many different kids who are coming to the museum because of storylines and I've had fathers who have texted myself and Jared about, Hey, I've been playing through this with my son. Like this, normally he doesn't want me in the room when he's playing video games, but he's like, dad, you, you told me about this player, like stay in the room. Cause I, I want you to play this with me. And that has been absolutely incredible. And, and at the end of the day, I think that probably was our ultimate goal was to be able to draw a real tangible connection to these stories and to this amazing part of baseball history, which is often
1: overlooked. Oh, you guys do that. And it's so wild. Cause I resonate with that. It's like, I want to show my dad this. I want to grab my best friend, Roger, who's running the show and say, sit down. We're going to have some fun for an hour and just play through this and just get lost in it. We talk about season two. What if I miss season one? What can players do to get caught up? Should they jump back into the game? Can they watch some of these vignettes and all the stories? Where where can they find
5: them? 100%. So all of the players from season one will be on this at launch. The storylines, however, uh, we have an amazing partnership with Sony Pictures Entertainment, and you can watch all of the season one content, including the gameplay, on Sony Pictures Entertainment social media channels. And they just started releasing them last week, I believe.
1: I told you this before. I need you to win an SP and I need this on ESPN. Like, I, I watch this, and I go, man, this is 30 for 30 ESPN quality. This is some awesome sports docs that, like, I would love to watch on Netflix everywhere. So kudos to you and the team on that one.
5: Yeah, Thank shout out that. to the team. Uh, you know, Gavin, Jared, Sydney, Bree, Oka, Janet, Lisa. There's so many people, all of our artists. You know, Tony Stone, we don't have women in MLB show, it' was the first time we've had a woman in the game. So she needs to look right, because her family has to review, they're going to review everything, and Tony's family is very particular of how she looks. Um, so we had to add hair dynamics, which benefits the entire game. We can't have a female, the first female be in our game, and her hair doesn't move. So now we have real hair dynamics, but that benefits all players. So by adding this one thing that on the surface might not seem like a big deal, it is a big deal. And it's a big deal because what it brings and what representation means. Because most of us, I did not know who Toni Stone was three years ago. I had no idea who she was. And now we have this opportunity for a much younger and a new audience to learn who Toni Stone is, to learn about Buck Leonard. To hear, why, did, why was Josh Gibson heralded as one of the best power hitters ever who... Allegedly, more than likely, actually hit a baseball completely out of Yankee Stadium.
1: That that's an amazing one. I cannot wait to learn more about that story because that was an awesome little pull right there. Now, Ramon, another fun one that I want to talk about is you had eight players last year, ten players now, plus Jeter. Right, we, we're adding to the catalog. Who are we missing in your eyes? Who's that dream get that you still want to highlight? Ooh, I,
5: this is going to get into spoiler territory, so I have to choose my words very carefully. We are open and excited and exploring many possibilities of what we can continue to do uh, with storylines. There are so many stories that we can tell about these amazing human beings who are also athletes who also play the game
1: of baseball. I can't wait to see where you go. I'm so excited. And I think the addition of Jeter is so exciting as well. Like, how do we build onto this for season two and then into season three and onward? I hope you guys get the green light every single year for me and the team here at Kind of Funny. We we, we do, too. (laughs) We certainly (laughs) hope so, too. So before we go, the staggered release. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that. What will we see? What's kind of the cadence that you and the team want to hit? How can players get more and... Maybe come back. Make sure they don't miss out on a certain. Yeah, that's
5: what we wanted. To. We wanted to create an opportunity to kind of give players a reason to come back. Because last year, all eight were there. People gobbled up the content super fast. I'm like, we want more, and we're like, um, well, we <laughs> we ain't got nothing else <laughs> like that. That's it. Like we spent all eight months working on that. And so this year, we upped it to ten. Uh, we're only leasing releasing four at launch, and in a few weeks after launch, we'll release another three players, amazing individuals. And in a few weeks after that. We'll have another three players. And the same thing with Derek Jeter's storyline. His storyline is massive, but we also were going to have a free content update for Derek Jeter as well to add onto to his storyline as the season progresses.
1: And who knows? You may you may see something else later on in the year. I like that. OK, OK. Final one, of course, there's rewards all of this. There is a reason to play and learn and get educated. There's also cards that will mix amongst mm-hmm. all the game modes. Right. Tell me a little bit about that.
5: Yeah. the you know, Diamond Dynasty is a very popular game mode and we don't shy away from that. But the Diamond Dynasty cards is in addition to. It was never in our thought process for storylines. However, we're, we, we live in reality. People want that Josh Gibson card. We knew they were going to want the Josh Gibson card. We knew people were going to want Leroy Satchel Page, But we knew if we just threw them into the game, it wouldn't feel right. How do we tell their story so that it makes sense? For instance, Martin DeHigo, who was in last year's storyline, only player enshrined in the five different countries' baseball hall of fames. I didn't know who he was three years ago. The vast majority of our audience had no idea who he was. Now they do. So now when you unlock his card in Diamond Dynasty, it resonates with you. You have some backstory. And so it'll be the same way again this year for the new players. You want that Josh Gibson card, at least the first one you got to play through storyline and they'll all be in diamond dynasty.
1: Ramon, we're talking about storyline season two. I'm excited to play. When can the players and I get our hands on it?
5: March 15th for early access and March 19th for the regular version of the game.
1: I said this before, this is a must play, must see much experience video game. And what you guys have created is really special to me. And I hope so many more. So congratulations to you and the team on that. And I cannot wait to see what's next.
5: Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm, taking that thank you on behalf of the whole team because, you know, I'm the only one who's here talking to you, but all the teams, they're back at home. They're still working on storylines, trying to get to the finish line, whether it's Jared or Bree or Sydney or Gavin. There are so many amazingly talented human beings who really put their blood, sweat, and tears into this game mode. And we hope y'all enjoyed as much
1: as you did last year. I can't wait to play. That's Ramon. I'm Mike. Let's kick it back to Greg and bless. Thanks for tuning into this interview. Man, bless! What a great interview by some black You
3: know what
2: I mean? Gosh, he just loves getting out there, hitting them. You know what I mean? That's how baseball works. That's how baseball (laughs) works. Yeah, you go, you you hit them. <laughs> uh, Blessing, tell me about the drop this week.
3: Yeah, the drop this week looks like this. So you're getting Bellatro, you're getting Penny's Big Breakaway, Slave Zero X, uh, Inculinati, and Pacific Drive. And I believe Pentiment is also out this week on PlayStation, if I remember correctly. I'm pretty sure that happened. Uh, it uh, might uh, be uh, another. Uh, when uh, does Hi Fi uh, Rush come uh, to be? I think uh, they, uh, they announced it. Hi Fi
4: Rush is up for pre order, and I think Pentiment was dropped.
3: Do we get Sea of Thieves yet? Can I go home and play Sea of Thieves on my PlayStation? Yeah, uh, Fun game. Actually, I think Sea of Thieves might have been one. All right, worse.
2: hold on. I'm opening the Xbox Wire. It'll tell me. Here. uh xbox wire you can get Pentiment on february 22nd so that is out today hi-fi rush is out today on february 22nd no way really see if thieves is out on uh, oh here right. P- coming to playstation 5 on april 30th it'll be available to wish list for playstation 5 on uh, uh, february 22nd so there you go
3: oh that's awesome the hi-fi rush is out i didn't realize that was out yeah. today.
2: grounded of course comes to playstation uh five and four on april 16th whoa Whoa.
3: <laughs> Wait, no, it's not. Hi Fire Rush is not today. I'm, for, I'm, not. Uh,
2: I'm so sorry. You're right. I'm, well, it's that thing where they put so many dates in these things March 19th. There you go. You can yeah. pre purchase on PlayStation 5 today, April th- uh, February 22nd. So just Pentiment is out today, February 22nd. You can wishlist Hi fi Rush for its March release date. You can. You can, you can oh, ground it April 16th
3: you can watch a let's play of grounded right now <laughs> what,
2: are you, what are you trying to figure out over there i'm just putting all the dates in they put them in it's just written in paragraph form i guess we worry.
3: never talked about on the show now Now that all those xbox people aren't listening to the sure. podcast because yeah. it's a playstation podcast sure. and we're toward the end how great is it great is it that they're publishing games on our platform we got it god we got, got, <laughs> we got em. Em.
2: oh my god Fools. you know <laughs> they I mean? wasted their money on a box i knew phil <laughs> would on, bend man. the knee
4: here we just had a 20 minute segment <laughs> about go. a playstation game that's also on it's others, different so when it. we do it Yeah. Mm. It's different. PlayStation was forced into it by MLB. Exactly.
2: Exactly.
3: (laughs) (laughs) They're like, yo, you can't have this exclusive forever. I think Marathon's Mm -hmm. coming at Xbox too. We don't talk about that. We
2: don't talk about that at all. What I do want to talk about, of course, is we you talked about Mm Bellatro. We've talked about the other games. Uh, Penny's Big Breakaway. I haven't heard you talk about this. This is one of the ones you had been so excited for. I back. think we just talked about it on KFG like, No, no. I day. thought since this is a new show, you could also just say again, like you previewed it. Oh like, yeah, I previewed. It. It. I
3: just i have not played enough of it to like get like a full like, kind of impression yeah. But like I I, pl- I played a little bit of it. I talked to Tim about it too because T- Tim's pl- been playing uh, a little bit of it. It's really charming. Um, yeah. Like uh, coming off of it, I was like, okay, this is a third person or a 3D platformer um, that like is coming from the devs of Sonic Mania. It has a lot of charm to it. The uh, movement is, like, a lot of yo-yo-based stuff, which I think is really clever and fun. So, like, you'll, like, you know, throw your yo- yo-yo into the air and then, like, swing off of it and kind of, like, have yeah. some cool locomotion stuff that way. Uh, for the little bit that I played of it, I wasn't blown away, but I wasn't, like, oh, this is bad or anything, right? Yeah. Like, it kind of just felt like, a, okay, this is a 3D platformer inspired by N64, PS1 era sure. uh, uh, type stuff. Tim, bit further than me, yeah, he, uh, it he played it a little bit more, and he was, like, dude, it's really great. Like, I, the, he was, like, get past, like, the first hour because it feels kind of weird control but once you get into it he was saying that it it, it, it feels like a great great 3d platformer
2: uh similarly pacific drive on this list uh if you remember way back in the day janet and myself uh previewed pacific drive and neither of us were hot on it based on that i think it did us a disservice to be dropped that far in uh i started it uh and played the first 30 minutes of it a couple nights ago when the hell divers was broken for me because of friendless stuff uh and i liked the opening enough that like i wasn't totally paying attention But I liked it enough that I was like, "Shit, I need to restart this." Mm -hmm. Like, I think he's got a strong opening. It gets you going in this, you know, whatever the fuck kind of like losty thing of like what's going on in this thing. So I'm gonna get back to it eventually. It's one that I
3: I really wanted to try out just because when I saw that first original original trailer for it, it seemed like a really novel idea, like a a driving survival game slash roguelite. Yeah. And that's like, I assume it's narrative driven as well. Yeah,
2: there's a narrative to it. Yeah, there's a whole what the hell's going on yeah. to it, yeah.
3: But I think it, it sounds like a really neat idea, but it's, there's just been a deluge of video games. Totally, so yeah. It's been one I've not been able to get to yet.
2: Yeah, and it's one of those two where I think reviews have been kind of mid, not bad. I think what it's got, I think on our Fantasy Critic, it's an 80, Bear, On Metacritic, it's 78. 78, yeah. So not bad, but like, when you got to go defend Super Earth. Yeah, what do you, you gotta play do? poker?
3: What do you? <laughs> what <when> you gotta <laughs> play <laughs> weird ass? You gotta poker? do? You gotta kill devil because because uh, kill
4: chaos. What do you techin- gotta play queens? Uh, queens. Queens blood. blood. Yeah.
2: Ladies and gentlemen. This has been another episode of PSI Love You XOXO. If you love what we do, use that kind of funny membership. Of course, you can pick it up on Patreon or YouTube. It would let you get PSI Love You XOXO ad free. You'd get to watch live as we record it. And of course, you'd get my daily vlog series, Greg Way. And of course, you'd get the other podcast ad free and you'd watch the other podcast record. You understand. Uh, however, no bucks to tossed away, no big deal. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. Podcast services around the globe, usually each and every Friday. We've been bogged down with the reviews lately, but they usually I think we're getting back for a little while here to, each and every Friday. Are you sure about week. that? No, I think we're coming <laughs> up again another. It doesn't matter. P.S.
5: I love you. XOXO is always there for you. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.